Hey, dude, are we going to 86 this one? Uh, I hope not. We got to get something out. But isn't it 86? It is 86. You're right. 86 in! <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back. My name is Scott. And I am Scott Duarte on this end, Chanel on that. It's good to be back. We are um, taking extended breaks yeah, uh, recently. Basically, I'm thinking, uh, well, we'll get into news. We'll do that in the news. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll chit-chat on it. So Hit the Bumper. Bumper. Okay, let's get on to the news. All right, news, I will start. Um, so, yeah, basically because of uh, our funky schedules and stuff, um, we're going to be looking and putting out a show on the first of every month and uh, possibly <laughs> bonus episodes in between as we can. But I ain't going to promise anything outside of that. So um, I we would like to hit uh, 100 before the calendar flips. But uh, and we are going to shoot for that. But uh, don't don't count on any shows other than you know the first of the month. So that sounds good. It, that that it, sounds doable. Yeah, it's reasonable. It's a little sad, but more than a little sad. More than a little sad. And like I said, you know, we'll try to crank stuff out as fast as, as much as we can. But uh, between school, work, summer vacation, um, crushing heat and humidity. Uh, you know, and about 5,000 miles between exactly. the two of us. Exactly. So we'll try to get some stuff out. I'm going to try to get a, a few, uh, independent, um, interviews run, running over here. I know I've been saying that for about, oh, how long are we doing this show? Three years. <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, we got Paul nation coming to temple university in, uh, the fall. And he is the guy as far as, uh, vocabulary goes. So I'm going to try to that, corner That's him. a cocky last name. Yeah. I am Nation. <laughs> like legend, but different. <laughs> Maybe he's a vampire. Ooh, could be. be cool. Could be. Vampiric linguistics. <laughs> okay. Any other news for you? Uh, I... Not 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 that fits in news. Okay. Anything for you? I got some news. All right. I got some news. Well, I uh, I've been telling <laughs> as much as we've been airing shows <laughs> recently that um I was going to be putting up the audio podcast that my MSU students uh produced uh last semester. Yes. Well, I was having problems with my website, with hmm. my WordPress, and so I basically had to dump the old and just start from scratch again. You had to eighty six it. Uh. 
I had to 86 it. Yes, exactly. And um, so I am now up to the point where all my old podcasts are about on the RSS feed. Fantastic. So I am about, <laughs> I'm still not quite there yet. I have about 50, sh maybe 60 or 70 shows um, on the feed and it needs to be the hundred because I want all the old shows to be up and then I will start putting the new shows out there. But the site is up again and it has a new look. It's maybe not the best look, but it's still, it's fairly, fairly cool. I mean, I, I'm a design guy, so I like it uh, pretty nice, but yeah. it's not up to my standards yet. Well, you know, keep but, Exactly. So that's that's the news that I got. Good, good. Okay. Um, well, let's close news out. Cool. All right. So uh, I, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about that don't fit into news, but don't fit into show either. So um, uh, first one is a podcasts I like. For those of you who have been listening for a long, long time. Uh, this is one where we used to try to recommend podcasts that we uh, like, hence the name. <laughs> so uh, I've been listening to, for a couple of years now, um, this uh, podcast called uh, The Teacher's Podcast uh, by Dr. Kathy King and Mark Kura, who are somewhere out on the East Coast. Um, it's uh, it's uh, interesting to listen to because they are two old people talking about technology <laughs> and so um in relation to is, go ahead is it a straight esl or just a, a teaching it's general? a teaching it's a teaching thing and i i don't think they're esl people at all um i think he's the i can't remember what he's what his gig is but uh, she goes around to like national conferences and stuff. They wrote a book together about podcasting and education. Um, and evidently the book has done reasonably well, but, um, but the, 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 they're very excited about, um, you know, technology and education and stuff, but they just heard about Twitter. <laughs> And so while I do like the show, I do have to offer a, a, a bit of a criticism towards it because uh, that's who I am. Um, but anyway, uh, they, they are a little slow on the uptake on the uh, new technology stuff. So um, I can't remember uh, if we've mentioned Twitter before. I don't think so. Wait, what's their names? Uh, Kathy King, Mark Gura, G-U-R-A. Okay, yeah, the the teachers podcast. Yeah, yeah. The new generation of ed tech professional development. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but like I said, <laughs> nice people, nice people, and uh, you know they get they're they're starting to get stuff out there a little bit more regularly. Uh, they only have forty shows up, but uh, forty or forty five or something like that. But they're worth a listen to, particularly if you're a little nervous about uh, tech in general. Um, 
and uh, they kind of, you know, are flailing their way through it. Um, up until recently, they were still big on Second Life, which we threw away quite a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So, but At least they're not like, and the new technology is the whiteboard. Exactly. It is very fascinating. Yes. Yeah, no, they're not quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but as a segue, um, we are going to, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I just came, just found, and this one is still new, so I, I know <laughs> I'm not going to be subject to the same sort of criticism I dish out. Uh, anyway, it's called Audioboo, and you can find it at audioboo.fm, and if you have an iPhone, uh, you can record a three or four minute uh thing and put it out and you can subscribe to it as a podcast and uh it's it's an interesting little uh, little program the uh the quality on the recordings is particularly good very surprising considering that it's coming through the iphone um which is good but you know yeah so um it looks like it'd be an interesting thing it's kind of like twitter for voice it's almost a blog entry for voice um, so yeah, you know, it's got its ups, its downs and stuff and, but, uh, you know, it's all right. And it sounds like it's still pretty new. So yeah, I think they'll it's less come than out a, with better versions and everything. Yeah. I think currently it's, it's rolling at less than a month old. Oh, wow. So, um, so if you have uh students who listen and you happen to own an iPhone, uh, go ahead and download the app the iTunes store it's pretty free it's pretty free <laughs> I'm going to say it's pretty cheap and then no no wait it's free uh, anyway so it's there it's available um, I'm curious to see what will happen with this uh, this is one of those that particularly if you're a teacher doing vocabulary this would be a great little daily you know take two minutes out of your time and, and throw up a uh, little vocabulary lesson That's audioboo.fm. I don't like that. Very cool. But yeah. What you don't you? I don't like like the FM, the top level domain FM. Dot TV. Uh Dot TV is okay, but dot FM is just a little odd. Where does FM come from? What Uh, country owns one? Micronesia, Federated States of Micronesia. Uh, Okay. They're making some money. Yep. And TV is Tuvalu. Yeah. Tuvalu, yeah, that one I just fun knew. to say. Tuvalu. <laughs> I'm not sure what AM is. There's an dot .AM as well, but... Okay. So that's my America. tech... My tech flash. Flash! Ah! That is flash. That That's that's a little more flashy than Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's a bling, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you can tell I'm old. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, That's today, right. uh, did you have anything else? No, no. Take it away. Okay. Take so today away. we are uh, talking about pragmatics, like automatics, Woo! but a prag version. <laughs> uh, so uh, pragmatics. Let me pull up Wikipedia font of all knowledge uh, <laughs> as as authentic and and 
true as everything that it says it is. Yeah, well, you know, it, it works for what it is. Uh, yes. Subfield of linguistics, uh, which studies the ways in which context contributes to meaning. Uh, pragmatics encompasses speech act theory, conversational implicature, talk and interaction, and other approaches to language behavior and philosophy, blah, 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 blah. Ah, what? Hmm? What? What does that all mean? Yes, what does that all mean? Basically, uh, pragmatics is uh, what happens when you take semantics and uh, uh, the other one. What's the other one? We'll say grammar, linguistics, and you kind of crush <laughs> them together. Um, there are a few people who say who are, you know, don't like pragmatics because they say, well, semant semantics already covers the field because it talks about, you know, meaning of of interactions. Uh, but semantics is really just meaning of words, right? And mm -hmm. pragmatics is much more the gestalt version, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the the way to look at it, the way I'm currently looking at it now, this is subject to change, and you know, in ten episodes, I'll be like, "Gosh, Scott from '86 was an idiot." <laughs> of course, I say that all the time. He said '86 that. Yes. Um, semantics is kind of seems like a subset actually of pragmatics because pragmatics also brings into um, the the ball game, you know everything the rest of the social context around the interaction um pragmatics seems to be focused primarily on speech acts uh and in esl we have this issue where students are you know scrambling and scrambling and scrambling to uh cram as much vocabulary knowledge and grammar knowledge into their brains as they can and they can um answer all of these really odd bizarre esoteric uh, grammar questions, but then, you know, can't, you know, ha hold a simple basic conversation or, you know, make a request in a proper way and stuff like that. And it seems to me, uh, pragmatics is the, uh, approach that will allow people to deal with that. Well, and it's also beyond semantics in that you have to know how it's being used and, um, going back to Wikipedia, their example is awesome. Where you, uh, the sentence "You have a green light." Yes, and um, it can mean numerous things. You're holding a green light. You're driving your car, and the light just turned green, or that you um, have the clearance to do some project at your work, and you need to know the context that it's being used in to know to uh, derive the exact meaning of that phrase exactly that sentence exactly um yes <clears throat> excuse me yesterday in class i came up we came across um the def we looked in the definition dex bleh, try again looked in the dictionary for the definition of set right now set is one uh -huh. of those words in english that has uh several pages of definitions and um you know the so the question comes up how do you how do you teach this and my initial response and i'm sticking with it by the way is that you don't teach that you <laughs> you let it you run out the door screaming like a little girl no set no set no set 
because because really Set is the Egyptian god of death and <laughs> you know brother to Anubis and you just don't mess with that you just leave it alone because bad things happen <laughs> and it was all I could do to not throw that out in class <laughs> but um but that that's the thing you know you can go through and memorize you know half of half or all of those definitions but are you going to be able to filter through that real time in conversation when somebody says, all right, go set that down. Okay. Now wait, does he mean, you know, what is, is there a match here someplace? Is there, you know, right. Is there a group? Is there, you know, so pragmatics helps uh, take that away by looking at the context of the situation, the, the, the meaning of the words is important, but because the meaning for native speakers for most things is fluid and contextual based, um, mm-hmm. it gives a new look at what we can teach and how to teach it. Right. I think. I agree. I agree. But I mean, so usually when you're teaching vocabulary and it's one of those words or phrases or whatever that has multiple multiple meanings do you just stick with uh whatever is for the context of the reading or whatever that you're you're working in or do you explain some of the more offbeat ones or how do you do it uh, how is your approach my personally i i focus on whatever the immediate meaning is and then if there is another meaning that is likely to be encountered uh, uh-huh. then I, I give a nod to that, but, uh, I don't, you know, I don't say, okay, now definition four is right. Of course not. Of course not. And I guess, I mean, I'm the same way. Usually if we come across something that has, has many meanings for different scenarios, I'll teach the one that we're, we're talking about it in the context that we're discussing, but then usually I'll teach the slang one that will come up with when our students are talking with native speakers and something that they might use. So for example, if we're using set and someone said, Oh dude, you're set. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll go into that one, which is not very academic English, but it's something that they will probably be more exposed to than definition 54 in the dictionary. Absolutely. Well, and that's one of those where if you go back and listen to the last show that we did, where we're talking about EFL versus ESL, um, in your situation, your students are going to come across, dude, you're set much more often than my students are going to come across, dude, you're set. And that meaning of, of that. And so, um, you know, and that's one of the things that pragmatics allows for is that flexibility in the language. And basically, pragmatics is looking at, as I understand it, and I reserve the right to be completely wrong, uh, looking at what's happening in the interaction. So it's based off of the what they're calling speech acts. So things like requests. Hey, dude, can you hand me that set over there? Right? Mm-hmm. And um, or like requests or compliments or introductions or uh, some other stuff that I can't think of. (laughs) (laughs) That covers it all. Mm -hmm. That covers it all. I like it. Yeah. 
I I I know in in my foreign experiences that I wish I could have known about the pragmatics of certain things. For example, when I was in Morocco, and from what I've gathered, this is in most Arabic countries, uh, when you ask someone, oh, um, are we going to the movie this weekend? Or are you going to be able to do me that favor? And they say, oh, inshallah, which means uh, God willing. <laughs> Basically, it means no. <laughs> if they tell you inshallah, usually God does not will it. <laughs> so if I had known that. That's handy. It is handy, but that's pragma pragmatics. Exactly, exactly. Because um, it's it's what each person is bringing to the conversation and the baggage that's attached to the cultural ideas and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. um, one one thing I don't care for with pragmatics, um, and this is not you know student level pragmatics as you dealing with the students, but pragmatics when people who do pragmatics talk to each other. Um, uh -huh. The they they had to come up with new words, <laughs> and I don't like some of their new words. And there was this one quote that I found from um, a Chinese, I think it was a Chinese student, I don't forget who it was, but when I was doing the research for the show, um, and yes, we do do research, <laughs> believe it or not, and it's not just Wikipedia. Stanford has some very nice stuff on there. From, from Xiaozhang Liu? No, no. That cat? I think it was With the, the Dexis and the presupposition and, and all that? Yeah, that one makes me really happy, too. Um <laughs> And it makes me want to pee. I don't think we've ever used pee on the podcast before. Anyway. I, um, I still think we can skate under the um clean, baby. Explicit. Clean. It's sterile, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to everybody who just turned it off. Um Sperber, I think it was the Sperber article uh that cited okay. uh actually in the uh in the uh, Xiao Zhang Liu, uh, paper, but um, uh huh, but they go through like one of the one of the rules is like don't obfuscate meaning, and then the next four sentences all had words that are designed to obfuscate meaning. <laughs> Welcome to academia. Exactly. So I hate that crap. So reading reading through pragmatics literature can be a little bit um crazy but at the same time you know once once you get start getting into it uh the the stupid vocabulary becomes a shortcut tool which i suppose is a good thing mm -hmm. um because if you have things like performative um then that holds a connotation for extra stuff for extra ideas that go along with it now, um, can pragmatics be applied to the classroom? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think a lot of bringing pragmatics into the classroom is going to be dealing with um, introducing students to particular social situations. So it's more for a conversational course? 
Yeah, much more. Um, I don't think pragmatics would be terribly useful in strict academic work. Um, because with strict academic uh-huh. work, you are dealing more with, you know, what is the vocabulary? What is, you know, what is the specific meaning of this particular thing? Um, academia seems to be much less ambiguous. But, right. uh, but you know, by and large, the majority of the students out there are not going into academia anyway. That's true. You know, that's true. They're learning English as a communication tool. Um, now they may be using it to get into, you know, places like where you're at, but, you know, really is first and second and third year university level, really academia <laughs> seems like not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Very true. Very there goes, true. There goes all of my job possibilities for the next 10 years. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this would, this would fit into a speaking listening class. Um, where the stress is not note taking and academic listening. Absolutely. Um, maybe a survival English class, a, a higher level survival English class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just working in, and I think you're right. It's it's working in based around themes and situations, mm-hmm. and in academic teaching you don't do that no no well not not the same way i mean in academic teaching you are working around a theme which is based on the content of the course but it's not but not a at the airport theme or at the restaurant theme well and this is one of those things pragmatic seems like one of those things where you can take the grammar knowledge that the students have and say look i'm glad you know it but you know in the end when you have when you are thirsty your grammar is nice, but water is better. <laughs> um, and I so, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it helps solve practical real world problems. And, you know, pragmatics really is about practicality. Uh-huh. So giving the students something they can use. Plus, you know, that helps maintain interest. You know, the students can find themselves in that situation almost exactly that's in class. And if the person, you know, doesn't make any eye contact and, you know, the, 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 their intonation is very flat and bored sounding, then they know this person is not going to be helpful <laughs> and they can move on <laughs> to somebody maybe who would be. So. Very true. Very true. Well, let us know your theory on pragmatics in the classroom and where you could apply it and um, where it would be best suited. And you can email those thoughts to us at uh, Scott Duarte, S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E at education.org, E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot org. Are we an org? Yes, we're in org. <laughs> I forgot it's, it's been so long. Dot O-R-G. Oh, make me cry. Or you can email me at uh, scott at education.org, just S-C-O-T-T at E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot O-R-G, baby. And you can still leave us a um, voice recording by going to the website at www.education.org and hitting the My Chingo button. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, you can also, you know, if you want to, 
email us your voice recording that you did through audacity or whatever please feel free to do that as well and uh yeah so come visit us and say hi and if uh if you have any recommendations on what we should read about pragmatics um uh, like i said i'm kind of trying to bring myself up to speed on it uh Please uh, feel free Pragmatics to Pragmatics for us is what Twitter is to the teacher's podcast. Exactly. Well, so that's the thing. You know, when, when I was putting this together, I was like, yes, Pragmatics is an emerging tool in the educational system. And then I went back and looked at it and it's like late 70s. Not exactly an emerging <laughs> tool. I don't think that was In the grand scheme for, of things. Yeah. It's emerging. So, yes, please school us and educate us. Yay. And tell us where to go to find out information about it. Cool. All right, your uh, vocal microphone sound is getting a little fuzzy, so we are going to wrap this bad boy up. Say, okay. Say goodbye to the peoples. Bye, peoples. Bye, peoples. We All will right. catch you later. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Education Tesol with Scott Duarte and Scott Chennault. If you'd like to leave a comment about today's show, stop by the website at education.org. Leave a post, a voice message, or even a video. That's E-D-G-Y-C-A-T-I-O-N dot O-R-G.